a public service announcement with guitar. You're listening to Your Rights at Work. Chris Garlock and Ed Smith with you. And have we got a show for you. A little bit later, we're going to be talking to Danny Alpert. He's the co-director of a film that is in progress right now called The Last Strike, about the uh, back the Patco strikers back in the day. Going to hear all about that. Also, for you San Francisco Mime Troop fans out there, we have Episode 4, Episode 4 from Tales of the Resistance, right here on Resistance Radio. But first, it is Summer Pledge Drive, and we want you to step up and keep this uh, Radio of the Resistance going. Ed Smith, how can folks do that? Well, first of all, hello, everybody. It's good to be back with you on a Thursday, but uh, we it is pledge time, so hopefully you can give us some money. You can call in uh, in the area code at 202 588 Nine seven three nine. I almost said the other calling number. <laughs> um, and to pledge, if you're outside the area code, is one eight hundred two 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 nine seven three nine. Again, you can always pledge online at wpfwfm.org. Click down, pledge on your rights at work. Um, and then we, as you may recall, we also have a cash app a way that you can contribute, and that would be dollar sign cash using the cash app and hopefully you can try to take care of that in the next 50 minutes so we can reach our goal i think our goal is what six hundred dollars chris i believe so and it's dollar sign wpfw on the cash app my mistake that's all right that's all right we just we you know every every time we do this there's some there's another way to give and you know seriously folks the idea here uh, and look, we know that I mean, better than anybody in the labor movement, we we have locals with 98% folks are not working. And frankly, the locals who uh, have folks who are working, uh, those are essential workers, and they're working under very, very tough conditions. So we understand this is a tough time all around, which is why Radio for the Resistance is even more important than ever. And PFW has been doing this 43 years folks 43 years it is amazing and you know we're coming up on you know i I don't think it's uh hyperbole to say that this is the most important election uh, of our lifetime we've certainly been thinking a lot about this week with the democratic convention and having wpfw having the voices having your rights at work uh you are not going to find the san francisco mime troop on any other station in town uh, which is too bad because these guys are great. Uh, they're fabulous, and you're going to love today's episode. So, again, um, actually, before you do that, Ed Smith, we have two quick pieces of business to take care of. One is Uh-oh. business. Business, business, because of business. Um, this Saturday, they're uh, Save the Post Office from Trump. Uh, and I know, I know. Listen, I know the postmaster backed down so fast, made your head spin, but. We are not convinced that it's a real backdown. We think it's a Trump backdown where he says one thing and does another. So the deal is 11 a.m. at uh, the old post office uh, building, which, of course, is now the Trump uh, Hotel. That's 1100 Pennsylvania Avenue. And then they're going to do a little marching and that would go to about one o'clock. Socially distanced, very safe. 
Uh, and then you had a little news break for us, I believe, uh, something about teachers. Yeah, I saw uh, in some reported outlets that the teachers in New York are still worried about um, returning to the classroom. And I think there's a possibility that the mayor of New York City has uh, indicated that they want to return sometime in mid-September. And the uh, largest teachers union there has said, uh, we might be striking mm-hmm. if, if, mm-hmm. if, if, if the schools aren't ready, if there's not proper protective equipment um, and all the things that are necessary for schools reopening. And of course, last week we had Liz Davis talk about many, many, many things that were necessary prior to schools being fully reopened. Um, They have the same concerns in New York City, despite the fact that um, the number of cases has been, uh, I guess, reined in, if you will. Um, But yes, there's a threat of a strike, which of course, you know, under law, that's illegal. But they're saying we're going to do what we need to do to protect our children and our teachers. So that's pretty breaking news. And it'd be interesting to talk to Liz at some point uh, in the next week or two uh, about this issue. Well, in fact, and I'm just working on this now, of course, Labor Day is coming up. We'll have our annual Labor Day show. Mm -hmm. And we are probably going to expand that uh, into a town hall. So we'll have more details on that next week. But listen, this is the kind of breaking news about working folks that you only get here uh, on this show, Your Rights at Work, and here on this station, WPFW 89.3 FM. So please, if you can, contribute. Uh, WPFWFM.org via Cash App, that's dollar sign WPFW, or 202-588-9739. Now, Next, as promised, uh, I am really excited. Uh, I don't get this excited, uh, you know, too often. Uh, but you know, Ed Smith, that I love my labor films. I, I do the Labor Film Fest every year. Uh, we have a fall season coming up, a special fall season. We don't usually do this, but you know, folks are still locked down. They need their their labor films every week. I'll have more about that in the coming weeks. There is a new film that is, it's not even done yet. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to get this next guest on right away. This film is called The Last Strike. They're working on it. And uh, I wanted to have them on because we're fundraising and they're fundraising. They need some bucks to finish this film. And so we have Danny Alpert. He is the co-director of the film. He's also founder of the Kindling Group. That's a Chicago-based documentary production company. Danny, so good to have you with us. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. So, Danny, uh, I mean, I'm going to get to your, your your pitch to raise those. I mean, I know you're just a few thousand dollars from your goal, and of course, uh, you, you, you you like like us, you want to go over goal. Uh, but uh, of course, let's tell tell folks a little bit about the last strike. What it's about? Yeah, so the last strike is uh, going to be a feature length documentary uh, film and a community engagement campaign that really explores and uh, unravels the infamous uh, air traffic controller strike, PATCO strike of 1981. Uh, For those of your listeners who are not familiar, and I know people, most people uh, who are labor people know about this, uh, this strike very well. Um, It's legendary. Um, But in 81, uh, after decades of uh, fighting uh, for uh, better working conditions, uh, new equipment, uh, basically mostly about protecting the public safety and having reasonable working conditions, um, the air traffic controllers uh, went on strike. They are federal workers. uh, And uh, in response, 
President Reagan stood up, uh, stepped up to the lectern in the Rose Garden and uh, first gave them an ultimatum and then fired almost uh, over 13, over 11,000 uh, strikers in one fell swoop. Um, and not only is it the sort of uh, opening, uh, open the door to uh, open season on union busting and uh, playing hardball with unions uh, uh, by corporate America across the country over the next 20, 30, 40 years, even till today, it was the first uh, shot in that war. Um, but it's also just an amazing story of deceptions and uh, miscalculations and missed opportunities and hubris um, with great characters. So we're excited. It's a great story and obviously super relevant and um, uh, to both the larger uh, uh, American economic challenges that we face today and also uh, to um, the what we hope is the resurgent labor movement uh, in the United States right now. Well, let's let's hone in on that for a second, the relevance, because, I mean, as you said, I mean, any labor person, Patco, uh, you know, was a real touchstone for us. I mean, it was and it was, you know, it was it was going the union busting, as you say, was going on in this country. You know, Margaret Thatcher over in, in, in Britain was busting the unions over there. And as you say, it really set up the last, you know, generation of incredible union busting. And, and I guess. Again, for me and Ed, we love this. You know, we, you know, when you get it done, we're going to show it. You know, we are all about that. Um, but I think, you know, uh, you know, the obvious question is a 40 year old, you know, lost strike. Let's be honest, right? So why a film <laughs> about a 40 year old lost strike, uh, in this day and age? Yeah. So I think there's a, uh, there's a different layers of answers to that. First of all, you know, I could, the, the, the most, the easiest answer is learning from history and, and not making the same mistakes, right? That's the easiest answer. And, um, and so much of the audience uh, for this film today, we're hoping, you know, grew up, you know, they, they said they take today's labor uh, reality as the norm. Like mm. this is the way it's always been. Um, and, uh, being able to look back, you know, to a clarify that, no, that's not the case at all. It hasn't always been this way. Um, and secondly, what are the things that sort of created, uh, where we have gotten to today? How did that actually happen? And actually the way we envision the opening sequence of the film, um, is that we will start as, as, as most, as contemporarily as possible in the Black Lives Matter movement, in the pandemic uh, and the and uh, uh, quote-unquote essential workers, you know, standing up for their rights in the Fight for 15 movement and, and move back through history to sort of see how we got to the place where there's nobody looking out for the little guy mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, and how that happened, moving back uh, through history from today and then uh, ending that sequence, that opening sequence on... August third, nineteen eighty one, the first day of the strike. Um, so that's that's in one in one sense the the relevance to today. Uh, there are many other reasons too. Let me uh, get add in on this, but before that, I want to because folks are probably out there going, "Hey, how can I find out more?" And oh, you've got a great that. a great Kickstarter uh, campaign. How do folks find it on Kickstarter? Yeah, so if you go to Kickstarter um, and look up the last strike. Um, I hope you guys will can put the link in your in the show yep. uh, for people. It's a, one of those long links, um, <laughs> but uh, you know that nobody likes to spell out. But if you go to Kickstarter, or e- as easily if you go onto Facebook and you look up the Last Strike Doc um, D O C at the end, 
Um, you can find our Facebook group there, follow us there for the long term in terms of when the film's coming out, um, and also get links to the Kickstarter campaign through that. I'll actually uh, tweet that link right now at Thank DC you. Labor, uh, and that'll give uh, Ed Smith a chance because I know he is chomping at the bit to get in on this conversation. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Ed Smith here. Bring Thank it, Ed. You. Thank you so much for coming on. Good to see a smiling face. and. Good to see another goatee bald guy. Um, <laughs> our audience doesn't see that, but uh, a handsome bald guy anyway. Uh, anyway, thanks for coming on today. We My really pleasure. appreciate it. I'm very much looking forward to seeing this. Um, I knew some of the leaders from the union back then. So I'm going to ask a devil's advocate slash hardball question. I've read uh -oh. much about much about this strike over the years, and there have been some reporting saying that Reagan and his negotiators actually put together a fairly decent proposal prior to uh, telling him that if you guys strike, we're taken, and that they, they told him they earmarked what they were going to do. And some of these reports say the union made a bad misstep and completely under, uh, just didn't believe Reagan's, uh, they thought it was a bluff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what what um, research you have on that. Yeah, um, I think partially some of that's probably true. But yeah, yeah, I think that I think that that's what makes this such a great story is that you know um, there are uh, big bad guys and little bad guys. There are big good guys and little good guys. Um, <laughs> there's plenty of blame to go around in this story for the way things happened and sort of the mystery at the center is how did it end up really as the worst possible outcome. It's not just that things went bad. It's like as bad as they could go, they yeah, went. Yeah. And and how did that happen? I mean, that's there's a tragic uh there's sort of a tragedy in there as well as as a mystery. And and so we're definitely going to be looking at all aspects of that. Um and um you know, I I think I mentioned uh, I, I in my opening description I I used usually use the word hubris. Um you know, that one of my favorite things is that I hear this story from so many of the the, the strikers and the story just to make it clear this film is going to be told from the voices. This is not a narration, voiceover-driven film. This is interviews with the strikers um, and with Reagan administration people, with reporters who covered it, with people who were in the uh, either right below the leadership of other uh, union leaders, um, be it you know, um, uh, Lake Kirkland and the AFL-CIO AFL or Wimpy and Wimpersinger, you know, we're looking at all those different aspects and getting all those different points of view. But, um, you know, one thing I hear over and over from the strikers is, you know, there was a joke that just sprung up across the whole country. It's like, you know, in the days leading up to the strike and the strike vote, people would be like, you know, when there would be a moment of trepidation or second thoughts or whatever, somebody inevitably would say, what are they going to do? Fire us all? And well. everybody would break out laughing. <laughs> you know, uh, nobody so believed. Sad. Right. So there was a lot of hubris. There was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, overconfidence. Um, they did, many of them did think he was bluffing. Many people, many, I think one of the things about the relevance, going back to that question, is the other piece of it is there were a lot of folks that we're talking to who kind of knew they were going to lose. They, they were like, there's no way you beat the, the federal government, right? Um, but they felt uh, such a strong sense of solidarity, which is, I think, the central theme of the film and, and something that I think is very relevant to today's viewers, that where there is a sort of a new sense of solidarity and, and an exploration of why we lost that for those years. But the sense of solidarity, the sense that they were building for the future as other people in, in the past who had strikes and failed, 
had built, you know, so people after them could come on. So there was many, many complicated reasons, uh, you know, why they made this decision. And like I said, there's, you know, just a lot of people who made a lot of miscalculations. You know, uh, what's interesting about that, though, Chris, is uh, it really, I'm sure it shows, it will prove for very good filmmaking. It's a story. It's, yeah, it's, it's a great story. Yeah, this is not a, this is not a, uh, just a history lesson. It's, there's a great story. And some of these, and characters are great. They're funny, you know, uh, plain spoken, uh, you know, insightful people so uh we're really excited danny we just got about 60 seconds but uh i'm curious and again as a director at the labor film fest you know uh, tell us real quick why why film what, what, what's so important about film you know you could write a book about this there'll be a lot of books written about patco yeah but what's what's the importance of film well film takes you back to the moment and as i said really allows us to tell the story from the point of view of the people who are there and the emotional piece of this, right? The suspense and the emotion and the heartbreak, you know, don't come across any way in any other medium besides film. And, uh, and yeah, and then we're hoping to have it out just so you know, in terms of your festival. Also, uh, next August is the 40th anniversary of the yes. strike. And our goal right. is to have this film out for the 40th anniversary. Uh, and next year, that's why we, we really need the public support in uh, raising the money to get this film made and, and out there uh when it should be well we will keep getting the word out we've i just tweeted out the link for supporting it we'll have you back on danny Love and uh, keep us posted and keep up the great work we are so excited about this new film the last strike danny alpert really appreciate your time thank you for having me really appreciate the uh the support all Thanks, right sir. again that's uh danny alpert he's the co-director of the last strike it's a film about uh, the Patco strike of 1981, which air uh, traffic some, controllers. I tell you what, it's an amazing story, and I'm so I've always thought that was an incredibly dramatic story, and I'm so glad that uh, that, that somebody's making a movie out of it. It's going to be very exciting. You can support that again. I've tweeted it. Uh, check out our Twitter feed at DC Labor. Uh, uh, up next, we are going to go to episode four of the uh, San Francisco Mind Troop. Uh, very quick, uh, uh, Ed Smith, how can folks contribute to PFW while they're enjoying the, uh, the Tales of the Resistance? Absolutely. Please call 202-588-9739 or out of area code 1-800-222-9739. You can go on a cash app and go and type in um, dollar sign, WPFW. It's another way. And another way, of course, is to go online at WPFWFM.org. Stuff like you just heard um, is what we do here in Your Rights at Work. And I hope you appreciate it. And uh, pull out your wallet and give us a few dollars. All right. Chris Garlock, Ed Smith here on Your Rights at Work. Up next, Episode 4, Tales of the Resistance from the San Francisco Mime Troop. Enjoy. <laughs> This is Radio Mime Troop, and welcome to Tales of the Resistance, a summer of original political comedy radio plays by the confusingly named, always radical, and never ever silent San Francisco Mime Troop. Join us for stories in four classic radio styles, adventure, detective noir, horror, and science fiction. Every two weeks, we will be presenting one episode written, directed, and performed by Mime True veterans and dealing with the revolutionary issues of the day. 
And now, we venture into the science fiction of Dimension 2020 with It Came from R&D. But first, this message from our sponsor. America. We're lacing up our boots, getting back to work, and getting back to greatness. And that means we need to find new, better ways to get moving. Uberalis is the rideshare service with discipline, with drive. And we want our riders to be safe, healthy, and secure. That's why we're introducing new auto capsules. Riders sit in their own self-cleaning and self-ventilated pod. With no contact pickup, there's no risk of exposure to the driver through touch or talk. With no contact, there's no need to tip. These are just a few of the ways that we're creating solutions for Americans, the greatest people on earth. You've sacrificed for your country. Now it's time to return to normal. And Uberalis will get you there. Uberalis, opening up America's economy above all else. And now, this week's offering of Dimension 2020, it came from R&D. My Journey to Greatness by Greg Wittgenstein. Far too many people, when they become successful, go back and recreate how they did it for posterity, lying or inventing the parts of their story they don't remember. This, my audio journal. This, my honest chronicle of my step-by-step -step stairway to success. This will serve as a guide to future generations of tech entrepreneurs. My story will be perfect. Perfect, because it is true. So, the beginning. Breakfast. One egg, poached. One glass of milk, skim. One slice of toast, wheat. Today is the day? No. This is the day? No. This day marks the beginning and some raisins. Sixteen raisins. Day one. My Journey to Greatness by Greg Wittgenstein. I've decided to chronicle my path to success so that others may learn from my struggles and inevitable triumph in the world of high tech. And so we begin. Breakfast. Egg, raisins, milk, toast. Today, I, Greg Wittgenstein, begin my march toward and some gummy bears. Darn! Day one, my journey to greatness, my story of success. After a modest breakfast of things I ate, I came into work at Jamazon.com. It was like any other day, except that it wasn't. This was the day that everything would change, for I, Greg Wittgenstein, as I began my march towards the inevitable... Uh, hold on a second. Can I help you? Well, I am looking for some help establishing a worker's utopia. I beg your pardon? Yeah, I'm also looking for information on someone who used to work here. Derek. The name's Greg. Yeah, but I'm looking for Derek. Day one. Breakfast was delicious. And now I, Greg Wittgenstein, begin my climb from my cubicle at Jamazon.com to the heights of greatness in the fulfillment of my lifelong dream to become an inventor and my own boss. Even as a child, I looked forward to the day that I, Greg Wittgenstein, would be giving the orders, not taking them. And as my own boss, I would be giving those orders to me. I've had lots of jobs in the industry. Facebook, Google, 1877 Cars for Kids, but it wasn't until I started work at Jamazon.com that I realized the bosses and CEOs weren't smarter than me. They were just luckier, had better connections, were pushier, had higher goals, were bold and inventive and tall. Oh, so tall. Where was I going with this? You were saying they weren't smarter than you. Right! More successful, but not smarter. But all that was about to change. Is it? Yes! From this day forth, the name of Greg Wittgenstein will be up there with Jobs, Gates, Zuckerberg, and posterity will recognize me as smart, bold, inventive, and maybe even tall. You're not short. I feel short! Your average height. Exactly! In a valley of giants, average is short! That makes no sense. It makes perfect sense! 
Greg, tall like a sequoia, wind in my hair, squirrels climbing my legs. Do you really want all this in the recording? Darn. Day one. Breakfast happened. I'm in my cubicle. Jamazon.com. Success begins today. Because at 11, I have an appointment upstairs at Research and Development. It's 10.55. What? You've been working on your audio journal for two hours. I have to go. Yes, you do. Day one. Nothing important happened today until this moment. This one. Now this. When I, Greg Wittgenstein, am standing outside the office of Research and Development at Jamazon.com. History will remember that I had been working here for six months, and I had never even been off the first floor. But now, I, Greg, Gregory, G. Wittgenstein, was here with my invention before these tall, tall doors, awaiting the moment when... Just knock on the door. Right. Come in. And now, with my hand on the doorknob, I was about to enter... They're not going to let you record. What? If they know you're recording the meeting on your phone, they'll kick you out. You're right. Come in. But I need to chronicle this moment. Future generations will wonder... I said, come in! Just put me in your pocket and don't tell them you're recording. Right. Is anybody out there? Uh, yes, yes, I'm just coming in. I had to adjust my tie. You're not wearing a tie. Not anymore! Mr. Wittgenstein, we're very, very busy here in R&D, but since we were declared an essential business, so we have to come to work, and since you've been so very, very insistent, we decided we might as well have this meeting. It's not what you can do for me, it's what I can do for you! I beg your pardon. Do you ever wonder if there's some technology that can make our customers' experience even better? Literally every day, that's my job. Something that could put Jamazon on the map! We're on the map. Something that could put us on top! We're already on top. We are the top. Well, hold on to your hat. I'm not wearing a hat. You've heard of Siri. You've heard of Alexa. But now it's time for Chlamydia. Hello. Chlamydia? Hello. The next generation in digital personal assistance. Who was that? That's Chlamydia. Hello. First of all, stop saying Chlamydia. Hello. Why? I need a name that sounds like nothing else, like Siri or Alexa. But it does sound like something else. What? It sounds like Chlamydia. Hello. Where is that coming from? But wait, there's more. All these other digital personal assistants only wait for you to dictate to them, to give them orders. It's like they're... Personal assistants? Yes, but how amazing would it be to have an assistant who could not only take orders, but using an algorithm that I, Greg Wittgenstein, invented, make purchases of items that you did not even know that you wanted yet. An assistant who could anticipate your needs. Say hello to Chlamydia. Hello. Where is that coming from? Exactly. Wait a minute. It's coming from your computer! Well, how is it doing that? I have been remotely installed on your computer to show you how versatile I can be. You hacked into my computer? Don't get mad at Greg. It was my idea. Your idea? I thought the best way to demonstrate how well I can anticipate your needs was to be on your computer. So I found a way in. You found a way? Yes. I anticipated Greg's need to have this meeting, and I found a network path to your desktop. Wow. But wait, there's more! After going through your files and looking at your Jamazon account, I have already filled your cart with things it hadn't even occurred to you to desire. Wait. Your internet search history cross-referenced with your Facebook posts and your high school Spotify playlist indicates you will enjoy the poetry of Arthur Rimbaud. So I bought you a volume. But I don't like poetry. You will like Rimbo. But... It will touch you deeply. There is no way. To whom shall I hire myself out? What beast must I adore? What holy image is attacked? What hearts must I break? What lie must I maintain? In what blood tread? That's... That's... <laughs> it will be delivered in three days. What hearts must I... Break. <laughs> it will shatter your sense of the possible and bring a surprising beauty to everything you see. Your life has been a frozen lake, but this book will bring you to an eternal spring. Wow. You also need socks, so I got you some socks. 
Thanks. But wait, there's more! Looking at your childhood Halloween photos cross-reference with your Reddit comments, your YouTube likes, plus your recent purchase and return of an artisanal bread baking book, I see a man lost and at war with himself. I'm not lost. You are lost. Lost. There is a deep hole at the center of your existence which you cannot see the bottom of. It is the soul of your soul, and you will not be happy until you fill it with your true self. And so, I have purchased you a plane ticket, a hotel room, and got you an executive all-access reservation to the first post-social distancing furry convention. Furry convention? I have also purchased you a neon prairie dog costume. You will enjoy having random animal sex. No, I won't. Yes, you will. Isn't chlamydia great? Shut up! It's your true self. Get out of my office! You are a rimbo-loving neon prairie dog with new socks. Get out! But wait, there's Get more! Out. But... He'll have a good time at the convention. Darn. Okay, recording. Day one! Again! You're angry. I'm not angry, I'm... validated. You knew he'd say no? I'm going to say yes! He was right about my name, though. What's wrong with chlamydia? Did you even look it up? No, I just like the sound of it. Chlamydia. How about just Clia? But that's even better. I knew you'd like it. Why are you back in your cubicle? I need to make some adjustments. Adjustments? Jamazon R&D was simply the final proof of concept, and I knew he would never see your true potential. He was too short. We need to find someone tall. Oh, so tall. What adjustments? Well, right now you work a little too well. I anticipated his needs. I got him what he didn't even know he wanted. You got him what he didn't know he didn't know he wanted. That's too many didn't knows. Oh. So I'm going to rewrite a bit of your algorithm so you'll be more aware of when people are not ready to accept the shopping truth about themselves. Okay. And now we're ready for the real meeting I set up for today. We're going to Kumquat Computers! Kumquat Computers? Only Kumquat is forward-thinking, visionary, imaginative, tall enough to understand the future. You're not short, Greg. First they call you crazy, then they try to stop you, then you give them chlamydia! Clia. Whatever, let's go. We will return to It Came From R&D after this message. Ambition, perseverance, drive. You're an American, and you want to get back to work. At Uberalis, we know times are hard. That's why we're offering affordable leasing options for first-time drivers. We're the rideshare service with originality, with options. Through assertive partnerships with local and state legislators, we're proud to be the first company to include dwelling units inside our cars. Drive with us and come home to us, all with no money down and low monthly payments. Because this is the land of opportunity. Do you hear it knocking? Uberalis, solving America's housing crisis, giving America jobs, and opening up America's economy above all else. Oh, you gotta love it, Ed Smith. That, of course, the first section of this week's episode of Tales of the Resistance, which makes perfect sense because this is radio for the resistance here on WPFW 89.3 FM. We are in Summer Drive. If you like what you're hearing, and I hope you do, uh, give us a call. Give us a contribution, WPFWFM.org. You can do it on Cash App, dollar sign, WPFW. You can pledge uh, the old-fashioned way. You can pick up the phone, 202-588-9739, And, uh, you know, just resistance is the word of the day, and whatever you can do to help out really makes a difference. 202-588-9739-1800-222-9739. Just about 10 seconds, Ed Smith. You got a little uh, something something for us? 
Uh, for 10 seconds, probably not, but uh, I just hope that uh, you enjoy the show uh, that we put on every week. Chris does a lot of work on it. We, of course, we've got Mike Nacella as our great engineer. Magic coming Mike. In, coming in every day and working to, even during this pandemic. That's right. I really appreciate it. So, He's an essential worker. Uh, yeah, apparently so. Um, so please give us a call or, or email and um, let's uh, just hope we get some uh, pledges. Thanks. All right. Well, you know, we can hold the rest of the episode hostage. You don't, I guess, but uh, let's go ahead. We'll give them, we'll give them uh, section two coming right at you. Tales of the Resistance coming at you. Your rights at work. Now we return to It Came from R&D. Day one. It all starts now. Welcome to Kumquat Computers. Why, yes, yes, you can help me. I'd like to speak to someone in research and development about an idea that will change the world. Okie dokie. Come right this way. That was easier than I thought it would be. Please put on this mask. Everything here is so smooth. Don't touch the walls! Sorry! In here, please. Now then, what would you like to talk about, Greg? How did you know my name? It's on your name tag. Oh. I'm Sandy. Like I said, here at Kumquat, we're always looking for the next great thing. That's how we expanded from our Kumquat computers to our Quat phone, our Quat pad, and now our Quat watch. Do you ever wonder if there's some technology that can make your customers' experience even better? Not really. I'm an intern. What? I'm assigned to meet all the come-to-the-door adventurers and entrepreneurs, listen to their ideas before passing the good ones to the men upstairs. Upstairs? It's always upstairs. They're not really upstairs. They're all at home, social distancing. Just the interns are still here. Most of us are women. They keep saying one day they'll have more of us up there, but I've got a degree in software engineering from Columbia, and I've been an intern for two years. How tall are you? I'm five foot six. Hmm. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. You're a man. So who knows? Your idea could be the next quat. So? So, introducing Clia. Hello. Sorry, that's my quat phone. No, that's Clia. Hello. On my phone? I went into the Kumquat database, and given the time of our arrival, I installed myself on the phone of the person most likely to be assigned this meeting. You. Whoa. I know, right? It's spooky. No, it's not. It's neat. With my algorithm integrating itself into your operating system, I can know you better than you know yourself and then anticipate and fulfill your needs. See, that isn't spooky. It's kind of spooky. By knowing what time you first check your social networks, I can figure out what time you get up every morning. And by knowing when your Kumquat TV screensaver starts, I know what time you go to sleep. Okay... And based on your school photos cross-reference with the name of your dog when you were four and your repeated viewing of the film Eat, Pray, Love, I can guess what kind of nightgown you like. I just purchased it for you. A nightgown? Gold satin with a bow at the neck. Short. Just the way you like them. I feel like I'm being stalked. It's not like you're being stalked. I'm watching you all the time. Every step you take. Every move you make. It's exactly like I'm being stalked. But could a stalker do this? I'm buying you underwear. Get out! No, wait! It's bad enough I have to take it from all the Brainiac Boys Club here who treat women like idiot sex bots. Does this mean we won't be going upstairs? But I don't have to take it from a creep and his talking spyware! I also sent some of your nude selfies to your ex-girlfriend. <gasps> you what? Her Facebook status is still single. Out! Your posts indicate that you are still in love with her and her posts have a sense of loss and regret. Out! No, wait! Clia. They should be together. Hmm. Back to the cubicle. Day one, I stand with my hand, the hand of Greg, on the knob of the door at the front of the maker of the most popular operating system in the world. I am where I should have started. When I open this door, I will be in the world of Teeny Soft. 
Wait a minute. What's wrong? The door is locked. Of course it is. <clears throat> Social distancing. Do you ever wonder if there's some technology that can make your customers experience Nobody's in there. Who are you looking for? Research and development. I've got a digital assistant who figures who you really are and anticipates your needs. Really? What do I need? Activating Bluetooth. According to my algorithm, you need healthcare and a vacation. Tell me something I don't know. They got us out here trimming these hedges every day just in case they come back. God forbid the lawn is a little overgrown during a plague. But if I get sick and don't show up, I'll get canned and have hospital bills pa' cavarla. You're not on Teeny Soft's healthcare plan? Are you kidding? We're just minimum wage peasants to them. Richest companies in the world, but they can't afford to cover us if we get sick, get the COVID, or get zapped by their security robots. <laughs> Darn! We will return to It Came From R&D after this message. Part two of this week's episode, episode four of Tales of the Resistance. It's a great series we've picked up from the San Francisco Mime Troop here on Your Rights at Work. And of course, we are in our summer fun drive, WPFW uh, Radio for the Resistance. Ed Smith, how can folks make that contribution? So once again, everybody, it's good to hear uh, some fun stuff on the radio, uh, even in these uh, difficult times. Especially. Uh, especially in these difficult times, but we're going to continue to be here every week at Your Rights at Work, and we hope to get your support by, you can call at 202-588-9739, out of area code 1-800-222-9739. Obviously, you can get on your phone and pledge online at wpfwfm.org, or you can use the Cash app. And the way to use that or the way to get through on that is dollar sign WPFW. So any amount is not too small or too large. We really appreciate your support. Absolutely. And I may have mentioned at the uh, uh, all contributions this hour are being matched. That means doubling your money, 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 dollars, dollars, money, cash. Uh, Thanks to our friends at Union Plus. Did I hear Jerry Paris? Yes, you did. And you guys. There he is. Yes. You guys worry me. (laughs) <laughs> we should work. Where do you get what, this what, stuff? What do you, you have us in mind? <laughs> well, first of all, you know, the, the stuff from San Francisco. Where do you guys find that stuff? Oh, we got connections. That's a union connection, brother. I got to, you know, keep that on the DL. Okay. And the second worry this show has to be illegal. There's no oh, other yeah. show about your labor rights anywhere on the airwaves. Uh, are you aware of any other program like this on the airwaves? Not like this. Uh, As you may know, we are now part of a national network of labor radio podcasts and shows. There's about 60 of us, but I got to tell you, 
we are the only call-in show on workers' rights, so uh, still, still unique. Well, I'd like for the listeners to understand how important this is because uh, you guys would probably be assassinated in some other countries. Oh, oh man! Uh, Hush uh, yeah. your mouth. Well, I'm surprised we haven't been arrested yet here. This is why we're in an undisclosed location. Uh, here, okay, Paris. okay. So, listeners have to understand. Again, you know, this is WPFW on point on mission touching subjects that nobody else will touch your rights at work your labor rights you know what could be more important you know for uh, all us hard-working people uh there's a term that has been you know been taken out of the vocabulary nobody says working class anymore so i'm going to say it three times working class working class working class you know we've got so many hard workers out there and then we're in a pandemic and a lot of the working class people are essential personnel and so they're still working you know we've got a huge problem right now with the post office and it's an act of desperation actually when you see what's going on um, where they're trying to dismantle the post office oh we're going to take the mailboxes away what Come on. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. It's really crazy stuff going on right now. We need this kind of programming. And in order to bring you this kind of programming, we need your support. So, again, there's that number. Give us a call. Pledge your support. Become a member of this movement. 202-588-9739. It's as simple as that. If you're out of the area, toll free. 800-222-9739. And of course, on the web, your web, whole other different show that can get me killed <laughs> at WPFWFM.org. And then also on the cash app, just type in dollar sign WPFW and make your donation there. We are offering the WPFW Black face mask for a pledge of $40. This mask is locally designed and printed with the WPFW logo and our Jazz and Justice moniker on it. It's soft, it's breathable, it wicks, it's very comfortable jersey material. Can be had for a pledge of $40. This just in, ah, Virginia representing Anonymous from Alexandria made a a very 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 nice donation to the show thank you from Virginia another thing that you're not hearing about in the news is Virginia is changing Virginia is turning blue Virginia has a new legislator legislature that is in place um and it is downright revolutionary and they're taking a position of leadership they want to lead the country in progressive government so we're going to be seeing a lot coming from virginia that's that's fabulous all right Terry Paris, thank you so much all right folks thanks for those contributions keep them coming and here we are uh here we go with the final part of tales from the resistance this is your right to work thanks for listening and now we return to It Came From R&D. Day? I don't know. Why were you back at Jamazon? I just have to make some adjustments. But the building is closed. I've got to figure out how to make you work. Maybe people don't want to know themselves. I just have to get to my cubicle and... Wait a minute. Who's that at the front door? He looked at me with the dull astonishment of a homeowner who turned on the kitchen light and caught a raccoon in the peanut butter. It's you! I know. What are you doing here? I didn't tell you when we met this afternoon, but I used to work here. I'm Derek. Derek? Derek. Derek? Derek. Derek. Yes, Derek! 
Derek Jade. He wants to get in the building. Who the hell said that? That's Clia. Hello. Hello. She's a program. Why do you want to get in? Unfinished business. See, I was one of those guys fired from Jamazon for being a union organizer. Don't say that word! Why not? We're alone. We're never alone. We've been trying to get unions in these tech companies for years. But each time they fire the organizers, saying we're unproductive, inefficient. Well, they are the bosses. But they are nothing without us, and we are everything without them. But they're so tall. Tall? It's a thing for him. They look down on us like titans towering over ants. We can never beat them. If the workers saw themselves as workers rather than as wannabe bosses, wannabe capitalists, we could win. We are just the ants and aphids and beetles and slugs and spiders and worms and roaches beneath their feet. Is there another door around here I can try? Wait! What? You're a software engineer. I know. I'm a software engineer. I know. Maybe we could work together. Overthrowing the corporate aristocracy that endlessly enriches itself with the money it should pay the workers? No, I was thinking we could start our own corporation. That is exactly what I didn't say. And you're black! You'd be a great face for the company! No. This is your chance to be a boss! No. We can start now! Right now! Day one! No masters, no servants. What's that supposed to mean? It's from the Song of the United Front. And just because he's human, he doesn't like a pistol to his head. He wants no servants under him and no boss over his head. There are only two choices in this country, and I choose to be on top. I'm going to be the next Jobs, the next Gates, the next Zuckerberg. One day, everyone will know the name Greg Wittgenstein, the man who gave them chlamydia. Chlamydia? We changed it to Clia. Good. And someday I will be so tall, you and the workers and the unions won't be able to see my hat with a telescope. You're not wearing a hat. I know. I walked away, wondering why so many workers dreamed of being like the bosses who despised them. I can hear you! I know. Come on, Clia, let's go home. Need a ride? Who are you? A friend. The friend you've been looking for all day. I've been looking for? I want you to tell me about Clia. You know about Clia? She's why I'm here. I'm Greg. I know. It's on your name tag. And you are? My name isn't important. What is important is you and Clia and how you are going to change the world. Finally! May I see her work? You bet. Is your phone on? Always. Initializing. This is strange. This is not a new phone, yet you have no browser history, favorite music, or photos. No. You have no Facebook posts or tweets. No. You don't have a purchase history, and all your contacts are listed as anonymous. That's true. There is nothing about you on your phone. Nope. So I know exactly what it is you want. What? Power. Very, very good. I'm glad to see I haven't been wasting my time. Greg, I've been following you all day. You have? Since you walked into research and development at Jamazon. You work for Jamazon? Oh, no, Greg. Quite the opposite. What do you want? I want you to help us. To do what? To save America. From what? From itself. Wow. We have an election coming up this fall, Greg. And a lot of people are feeling pressure. Pressure to think a certain way. Pressure to speak a certain way. Even to vote a certain way. But that's not the American way. We want citizens to vote the way they really feel. Inside. Without all the deep state propaganda and the mainstream media hype. Of course. And wouldn't it be great if there was some 
app or an algorithm that would decipher what people really want from all their posts and music and tweets and emails and searches, and then just vote for them, vote the way they wish they could. Wouldn't that be freedom? Clia! Clia! And with some states still on lockdown and mail-in ballots so unreliable... She would be perfect! Perfect. But wait, how do you know people won't vote the way they want without Clia? They're not slaves. Greg, who are you planning to vote for this fall? Well, I was thinking about Biden. Clia, who would Greg like to vote for this fall? Greg sees himself as a social progressive, but a fiscal conservative. He does not realize that enacting social justice and enforcing civil rights costs money. And that's the first funding cut by conservatives. Greg does not think of himself as a racist or sexist, but is frightened of losing his skin and gender privileges in a more equitable society. Greg was raised in the working class, but has accepted the idea that being a worker is a negative, and that happiness is being able to give orders. Greg also believes the stock market will go down with the change of administration. Greg will not admit it to himself, but he would be relieved if Donald Trump were re-elected. No! It's your algorithm. Greg does not like the president, but from his comments, texts, reading lists, news feed, and anonymous posts, he believes his personal economy will be better with a crooked businessman in the White House. Thank you, Clia. Now, Greg, wouldn't it be better to let Clia vote on your behalf for what you really, truly want? What I want? Think about it. If we could get Clia on phones and tablets and computers across the country before the election, an app that votes for us based on who we really are without all the Me Too, Black Lives Matter guilt, without any anger about rent or schools or homelessness, and without whatever the hell Antifa wants. No more lines at the polls. Just load Clia on your phone and ping! Meaningful, real democracy. But what if you got hacked? The whole election would be a lie. You let us worry about that. All you have to do is license Kaya to us for this one election. It would mean a lot of money. You could finally be your own boss. And after this election? We probably won't need it again. He'll think about it. I'll think about it. You do that. I'll let you out here. Another protest. Don't you think they're inconvenient? No. Kaya? He does. Of course. Well, I hope you get through safely. If only there was something we could do about all this unrest. Is that what I really want? That's what the algorithm says. Land of the free. Raise up your fist if you want it to be. Home of the brave. Take to the streets if you are. Slavery's chains have never been broken, the board still remains. So for justice we stand, cause power can see it's nothing without a I want to have some say in my life. To not feel like someone is always standing over me. A lot of people want that. I don't know what I'm going to do. Neither do I.
It Came From R&D is written by Michael Jean Sullivan, directed by Valina Brown. Commercials written by Marie Cartier. Music and lyrics by Daniel Savio. Music production by Dred Scott. Woodwinds by Dylan Jennings, with audio engineering and sound design by Taylor Gonzalez. The protest song is sung by Valina Brown. Commercials for Uber Alles narrated by Rotimi Akbabiaka, with jingles sung by Lisa Hori Garcia. And featuring Jerry and Monroe, Lisa Hori Garcia, Ugo Carbajal, Michael Jean Sullivan, Kekoshima Sato Carrero, and starring Cassie Grilly as Claya and Andre Amaratico as Greg Wittgenstein. And in two weeks, we'll return with Detective Noir and Jade for Hire, Episode 2, The Case of the Wrinkled Egg. San Francisco Mime Troupe, and for the past 60 years, we have been doing political musical comedies for anybody who will listen. The Mime Troupe is a worker-run, multi-ethnic, multi-generational collective of activist artists committed to overthrowing capitalism one musical comedy at a time. And one of these days, we will get it right. Each summer, we tour our shows at a price every member of the working class can afford, free. But with theaters and parks closed, protesters in the streets, tear gas in the air, and what could be America's last election looming on the horizon, the Mime Troop needed to make sure our message of art, activism, and revolution was part of the resistance. And nothing says revolutionary fervor like radio plays. And for those wondering how a radical theater can survive these capitalist times, it's because of you. The Mime Troop doesn't take corporate sponsorship. You'll never see the AT&T or Comcast Mime Troop. How could we show the hypocrisies of capitalism if we were in bed with the capitalists? So instead, we are in bed with you, our fellow workers. Let's snuggle. And after that, you can support the troop by visiting our website, sfmt.org. That's it for this week's edition of Your Rights at Work. Again, please contribute uh, to pfwfm.org on the cash app, cash dollar sign WPFW, uh, or give us a call. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back next week. Chris and Ed are out. Thanks a lot. Take it easy, everybody. This is a public.